You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Man, and then the other song that we sang, King of Kings, oh, and the church of Christ was born, then the spirit lit the flame, then the gospel told the truth, shall not kneel, shall not faint, but the blood and by, the, by his blood and in his name, in his freedom, I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. Oh, it gets me every time. I love that song. I think I saw somebody on the, um, on the chat saying, I love this song. I do too. Adam especially loves the song. They were, he came, he showed up and the team was practicing. And as soon as they got into that song, he was like, oh, is this King of Kings? Great job. Love the song. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I'm going to need the pad turned down just a little bit in the monitors, please. And maybe myself turned up a little bit so that I don't have to yell so loud in the monitors. Thank you. So we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about what is the church. And I think that it's fitting as we are coming into... Um, being able to gather together, which I'm so excited about, being able to see each other again. But I want to challenge our thinking as we come into this, um, as we come into this new era, because like it or not, things have changed. Things have changed and things are going to look different. I don't know what exactly that different is going to look like. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I know that God's in the middle of it. And whether it's different in the spirit or if it's different physically, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that things have changed and it's gonna be good and God's in the middle of it. But we're coming together and I know that we've heard this all throughout since we've had to move church into our homes that um, we've heard this is that the church is not a building and it's not, and I'm gonna repeat it, the church is not a building. This is not the church. This is the building that the church gathers in. The church is the body of Christ. The church is you, the church is me, the church is them. That is the church. It is not a building. And it's really important that we don't just listen to those words and say, oh yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, the church is in a building. But that you let that sink in as we, as we continue our conversation today about the church. But the church is, a, is, is the body of Christ that comes together. So Ephesians 2 verse 20 says this, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. What's the beginning of that verse say? Together we are his house, together. So it's us together that forms the church. We are the body of Christ. So together we are the church and we need each other. So 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of us, each of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. To serve one another. So he's given us gifts, not just for ourselves, but to serve each other as the body of Christ. As the church comes together, my gifts are to serve you. Your gifts are to serve me or to serve the person beside you. That all of these things have been given to us so that the church, the body of Christ, works together. We need each other. So as we begin to look at this, as I kind of lay this out as to where we're going, I want to challenge our mindsets. 
So prepare to be stretched. I'm challenging my mindset. We're challenging your mindset. Uh, we're going to be stretched. We're going to think a little deeper. So in Acts 2, which we saw a couple weeks ago, was when the church was birthed, right? The Holy Spirit came and the church was birthed. And the church, you notice if you go read Acts 2, it wasn't a building that was built. It was a people. It was a people. It was a birthing of a people coming together. Jesus referred to the church while he walked on this earth. Before he, before he died and was resurrected, he referred to the church. In Matthew, I wrote this down, let me look here. In Matthew 16. In Matthew 16, I'm not going to go there. So if the media is freaking out that I didn't write the verse down, it's, I did it on purpose. In Matthew 16, Jesus is with his disciples and he's asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? Who, what are they saying about me? And so they're throwing out some, some say you're this, some say you're that. And Peter's like, I know who you are. Uh, you're the son of God. And, and Jesus says, that's awesome, Peter. That's exactly what it is. God revealed that to you, not man. God revealed it. But then Jesus says these words. He says, on that revelation, will I build my church? And he references church, meaning that there is a church that's about to rise up, that there is a church that is going to be built with the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he's referencing something that's about to come, okay? So he references it, that the church is about to be built. Then we see in Acts 2 that the church is birthed. But he gives the church a commissioning. Jesus gives the church a commissioning. Um, he gives it a purpose. Did you know that when Jesus was talking about the church in Matthew 16, when he talks about the church, he says the, the meaning of the word church means a group of people that come together with a purpose. With a purpose. Not just a group of people. They're all coming together with a purpose. So he says, he says that uh, my church, the group of people that come together with a purpose, will build on the revelation of who I am. Will build on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so he, he says that my church has a purpose and he gives them a commissioning. So in all of my life, at church, my, my father was a pastor my whole life. I think he became a pastor when I was probably two years old, I think. Um, maybe even younger, maybe I was a year, actually. I think I was a year old when we pastor, he pastored a church in Watson, Saskatchewan, a small church. Um, I don't have very many memories, but uh, there are people that attend our church now that come from Watson, Saskatchewan. And um, were there when I was a little girl as well. And so he pastored a church in Watson. Then we moved to Saskatoon and he was an associate pastor of a church there. And then when I was seven years old, we moved to Prince Albert and he started this church, which was once Prince Albert Christian Center, then Prince Albert Family Church, and then became Prince Albert Embassy Church, which is the church that we are today. But I've been in church my whole life and I've been around many churches. My father traveled lots and preached, so I've been around many churches and in the church you hear things said like this. Um, the church doesn't do enough of this. The church does not give enough to missions. The church does not um, serve in the community enough. The church does not 
you can place whatever. And, and people within that, not just, I'm not saying our church, I'm just saying this is just people in general that are from church, that attends church, right? They're not saying it like they, um, they're not saying it like they are the church. They're more pointing fingers and saying, the church doesn't do enough of this. In other words, they're not referring to themselves. They're referring to the place that they attend. They're referring to pastors and leaders and, and the people of that church. They're not doing enough. But if we were to challenge our mindsets and think about it, if I am the church, if you are the church, if they are the church, then when I would say something like they aren't, or the church isn't doing enough, I'd be referring to myself. Because I am the church. The church is not a place that I go to. I am the church. I am the church. I, I have a mission. I have a commission from Jesus Christ and I am fit together with the rest of his body who is the church. Can I get an amen out there? <laughs> so we've also have a response, we have a responsibility as the church. Because we are called together with one purpose. And who called us? Jesus did. Think about that. Think about this for a moment as you're in your homes. Jesus called you. Jesus. He called me. He called me with a purpose in mind. And he called us to function together. Together. That's the word that I, every, it seems like every scripture verse that I read, I read the word together. 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 Because Christianity was never meant to be done alone. It was never meant to just be you and Jesus. It was meant to be you, Jesus, and the people he put together. Whether you like them or not, he is going to put you together with people because that's who he is. That's who God is. He calls you to people. And he gives you giftings and, and functions within that group of people that only you can provide. So let's look at Romans 12. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we are all mingled into one body of Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. See, we need each other. Each part is integral to what God is wanting to do in us. We need each other to get into place. We need each other to step up. And this is why you keep hearing it right now. And I don't think it's just because it's something I'm saying or something other preachers are saying. I believe it's the spirit of God that keeps hammering these things that the church is not a building. The church is a people who are called together. The church is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 12. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we were all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jew or non-Jew, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still a vital part of the body. And if the ear 
Peter were to say, since I'm not an I, I'm not really a part of the body. It's forgetting that it's still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, which would be weird, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required, for the body is consisted of one single part. There would, if the body was consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. Many different parts, but one body, but all necessary. Every single part is necessary. So I want to challenge your mindset to the thinking of that when I show up, I'm not coming to the building as my church. I'm showing up as the church. I am showing up as a vital part of this body and they need me and I need them and I have a function and I need to get in place because I have a commissioning, because Jesus gave us commission. Let's look at this. That there is a mission. The reason why there's a call for us to step up and to get in place is because Jesus commissioned us. And, and for me, for Angel, for Adam, for Dan, for, for them to carry it by themselves isn't gonna work. It isn't gonna work, we need all. And if I have to cover for somebody else, that means that I'm gonna have to work twice as hard. And if Angel has to cover for someone else, she is gonna have to work. No, he says, I put each person in place so that the body would function well. And if we just show up on Sunday morning looking for that I'm just showing up to church so that I can feel good to just what suits me, that isn't the, what God designed the church to be. It isn't what Jesus commissioned the church to be. Is it good to meet together? Absolutely. Acts 2 talks about it. It talks about at the end of Acts 2, it says that they met together in large groups. They met together in small groups. They met together in their homes. They ate together. They read the word together. Together. They prayed together. They had large assemblies together. All of those things, important and ordained by God. But it's the mindset that I'm talking about that says, I show up to church for what suits me, for what feeds me, for what I like, for the songs that I like. And, and for the, I like to talk to the people, just the people that I like. I only want to do the things that I want to do. That is not the commissioning that Jesus gave the church. We show up together to, to, to be empowered to go out and be the church. So, Acts 1. We read this last week. Jesus, Jesus is there and he says, I'm going to have to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. Acts 2, all of the apostles are there and they're waiting. They're just waiting because they know God's about to move. We don't know what it looks like, right? We talked about this last week. We don't know what it looks like, but he is about to move and we're excited. So we're just here. We're praying, we're praising, and we're worshiping because it's all we know what to do as we wait for him to come. But just before that, just before Acts 1, just before Acts 2, when Jesus was still here, before he went away, it seems to be the theme. We've been going backwards instead of going forwards, like Star Wars. Is it Star Wars that goes backwards in trilogy? The movies? We don't know. Stephen knows. but <laughs> It's Star Wars. Is it Star Wars? 
Star Wars went backwards. Well, the series is the Star Wars series. So we started in Acts 2, Acts 1, now we're going backwards. But, but Jesus, just before he goes away, he gives the church, which he talked about in Matthew 16, he gives the church its commissioning, its mission. And what's the church? A group of people that gather together with one purpose, with one mission. So here it is, let's look. Matthew 28. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Did you see that? Go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach the new disciples to obey the commands I've given you. Mark 16, Jesus again shows up, says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Did you notice it didn't say pastors, just pastors, just ministry gifts? It says, hmm, let me look. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. How did you, how did you receive Jesus into your life? You believed. You believed. Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the church was to continue the work of Jesus. That was, it. That was our mission. You are to continue the work of Jesus. So Jesus gives this commissioning to the church. And he tells the church, these are the things that you will do. He tells the church this. So what's the church? Who is he talking to? Is he talking to the pastors? Is he talking to the fivefold ministry gifts? Is he talking to the missionaries? Is he talking to just those who have the gift of communicating? Just those? No, he was talking to the church. He gave his commissioning to the church. Who's the church? You. Me. Your neighbor. Those who believe. He gives this commission and this is what you will go and do. You'll make disciples. You'll talk about me. You'll lay hands on the sick. You'll cast out demons. It was not just for the pastors. So, Jesus gives this commissioning to the church. But yet, it seems for years, maybe, maybe not you, maybe just me, that we've looked at it as a place we go. And that those things are done at the place we go. 
as opposed to I am, I am that place. Meaning that when I'm on the street and somebody comes up to me and they need Jesus, I don't need to just get them to the place. I don't need to come to church and then they can do it. No, you are the church. They are standing there staring at you in the face because God put them in your pathway so that you could do something about it. You're the church. You're the church. So you may not have the function of pastor. That may not be the gift that God gave you. That may not be the thing that he's done. Or you may not have the function of worship leader or drummer. Or those may not be the things. You may not have the same function as somebody else, but you have the same commissioning by Jesus. The same commissioning he gave you as he gave me. And so I think that in this time that this is where Jesus is saying, it's time for the church to wake up, not the building. My people, it's time for you to wake up and and pick up the commissioning, the calling that I left before I left. And I said, my church will do these things. It's time for us to go and be the church. Okay, I just want to quickly say this. We talked about this at a leaders meeting the other night that we had, and I want to to bring it to you. In January, almost always, um, I, I will seek God in, you know, the months leading up to January to kind of what's the year, what's it going to look like? You know, God, what are you, what are you breathing on in the next year to come? And so I, I have, I went back, I looked because I was wondering the other day, I thought, you know, I definitely didn't see COVID coming. God definitely didn't tell me about COVID in 2020. That'd have been cool if he did, but he didn't. So, um, but he knew, he knew it was coming. So I wonder what it was that he was saying for 2020 that, you know, even, does it even, did he even mention this or what did it look like? And so I went back in my notes in my, in my um, journal and this was the one verse that he gave. And I remember this one, that this would be a year of suddenlies. Isaiah 48, verse 3. God's just so good. He said, In times long past, I determined and announced the things that would come. And then suddenly I acted, and they indeed happened. Uh, In the Passion, it says it like this. Long ago, I prophesied things that would happen. I issued decrees and I made them known. Then suddenly I acted and I made them happen. That this would be a year of suddenlies. And boy, we've seen that. We've seen it. Suddenly things happening so quickly that we didn't even see it coming. Suddenly we're in our homes. Suddenly there's riots going on. Suddenly there's things that are happening. And I'm telling you, there are more suddenlies that are to come. It's God acting suddenly. And I remember sitting there and I remember God saying to me that 2020 would be a year of encounters. And I remember saying, yes, God. I remember just like bouncing in my spirit. I was so excited. I remember saying, yes, God, I want to encounter you. And I remember him saying it, oh, but I want to encounter you. I'm on the move. I want to encounter you. Then there was another time while I was in prayer and he said, wrote this down. It says, it's time for you to stand at attention. 
It's time for you to stand at attention. It is time for you to stand at attention. When he says something three times, I think it's serious. <laughs> stand at attention and see the goodness of God the hand of God, the favor of God. For I am stretching out my hand and I am putting things in order. I am moving things into place and I am moving things out of the way. I am moving stumbling blocks out of the way. I am moving distractions out of the way. You will see God move for I am moving in your home. I am moving in your church and even in your city I am moving. Many will stand at attention and look to see the goodness of God, I am causing the enemy to scatter. So it is time for the church to stand up. To stand up out of your brokenness, out of your offenses, out of your bitterness, and out of your disappointments. It is time for you to stand up and take your place. What's your place? Being the church that Jesus commissioned us to be. He went on to say that it was, um, that it would be a day of reckoning, that, that injustices, that he would step in as the God of justice and injustices would be removed. We see that happening now. And then this vision that he gave me. I just love how he works. It was a vision of this, it was a vision of this room and all of the doors were shut and the doors flung wide open. And I saw a bright light shining through each door as people began to call on the name of Jesus and cry out from their very being for God. And the light moved in and it began to intensify and they kept calling out and it moved in and it met in the middle and it collided and caused the most incredible brightness. And God said that, the, that this that this is the light of my glory, the light of my countenance. And he said, embassy will be a people who have seen a great light. I began to seal this word and I declared it. I, I, I began to just pray it over us. But then I heard God say, for it is time for the church to arise, to wake up from your slumber, for there is much for you to do. There is much for you to see, and there is much for you to experience. But you must arise. You must wake up so you can see. For you will be a people who have seen a great light, but you must wake up. Church, I believe with my whole heart that we are in incredible times but I believe that the Spirit of God is breathing on us to pick up the commissioning that Jesus gave us as the church. We are not a building. We are not a Sunday morning experience. We have the living Savior on the inside of us, carrying it with us everywhere that we go. Church, we are the church. I think of I think of later on in Acts when, when the apostles have been arrested and an angel shows up and breaks them free and he says these words to them and it's so powerful. He says, um, go out and speak the words that give life and continue speaking the words that give life. I read that in my Bible a couple weeks ago and it just shot me to the heart because it was like, 
I am carrying words that bring life. There is a world that is dying and the church has been silent for too long. And we have been carrying the very word of God inside of us that just spoken brings life. And they're looking for it and now's the time. Church, church, it's time to arise. It's time for us to wake up and pick up the commissioning. Jesus, Jesus, we say yes. We say yes. And Holy Spirit, like I said before at the beginning of the service, that these words, that the commissioning of Jesus, like you said in Acts and you said in Matthew and you said in Mark, Jesus, as you began to speak to the disciples and say, this is what the church will do. May this be like an alarm sounding loudly in our spirit for for us to wake up and may we listen and rise up as the church in boldness, in power, in authority that you left for us to strengthen your church. So we, we accept it, we say yes, we pick it up. We pick the commissioning up once again and recognize that we are vitally connected to a part of the body of Christ and that each one of us is needed. And so we stand up. In this moment, we stand up and together, together, we say yes. We will go. We will do We will see and we will experience all that you have for us to experience. Yes, 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 exciting times. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for being our light. Thank you for being our guide. Thank you for illuminating our path. As we go into uncharted territory, we know that you've already gone ahead and paved the way. Thank you, Jesus. I love you guys. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.